A very good morning to you. And now on RTHK, it's time for Letter to Hong Kong with DAB legislator Holden Chow. The following program is a personal view program. This week, the U.S. election is still the headline news around the globe. Joe Biden seems to have won in the presidential election in the United States, becoming the president-elect. What would happen to U.S.-China relations under the new Biden's administration remains to be seen. But over the past four years, the anti-China sentiment was completely exploited by Donald Trump's cabinet for sure. Pointing a finger to China on the coronavirus issue, calling it Chinese virus, dismissing the professional and objective advice of WHO, and subsequently dropping out from the organization. Railing against enactment of national security law for Hong Kong, sanctioning Hong Kong as blatant interference to our domestic affairs, banning TikTok's operations on the U.S. soil, purely because of its Chinese shareholding background. Purging Huawei, U.S. politicians drum up their concerted effort to attack China on all fronts, regardless of how ridiculous the ideas being. These all hostile concerted efforts is not without consequences. They surely harm the business community. Plus, the rest of the world would perceive that Donald Trump's cabinet has gone too far. The gigantic unilateral tariffs imposed upon Chinese goods by the U.S. has been ruled by the WTO as breaching its trade regulations. So far, pundits believe WTO would hardly enforce the rules despite the verdict, but this is an important proof that the barbarous action taken by U.S. is not embraced by the rest of the world. Now it seems that Donald Trump is leaving White House in a couple of months. Pundits now turn to focus on Biden's attitude towards China. On one hand, Biden might be widely expected to return to normal. People tend to believe Biden would not follow those awkward ways Donald Trump has been doing. For instance, not to insist on unilateralism paddled by Trump's cabinet. But on the other hand, one must not underestimate the common sentiment against China, the fear of its rising if not hatred. For the time being, both Democrats and Republicans share same view. Thanks to Donald Trump's shameless effort in leading the public to incite hostility towards China. Seemingly, that sentiment would not change in short term. We hope the Biden's administration could be more rational when it comes to U.S.-China relations. But whether that would happen, still unclear for the time being. Indeed, if we take an objective view on China, remove the prejudice, the advancement in China's technology and business operations would benefit the rest of the world. China's successful experience in control of COVID-19 pandemic is shared to other countries. When China reboots our economy, that can help rescue other economies by reviving demand of import goods too. Confronting the coronavirus pandemic, it's indeed time to join hands to fight the disease. The pandemic strikes a heavy blow to the global economy. It would make no sense to purge Chinese business and banning business joint ventures at such perfect timing when everyone is looking for ways to reboot economy. In the same vein, it would make no sense to dismiss anything from China 
irrespective of objective proof of quality and effectiveness when dealing with the pandemic. So it's time to join hands to fight pandemic and work on reboot of our economy. What about the pandemocrats in Lechko? Are they eager to put politicking aside and work on the more imminent and important matters? Answer is no. The Standing Committee of NBC announced its decision to disqualify the four Lechko members from opposition camp, namely Dennis Kwok, Elvin Young, Kwok Kaki, and Kenneth Leung. I recall when the NBC first announced the decision to extend the Lechko term for a year. Given their misconduct, including but not limited to colluding with U.S. and other foreign politicians, initiating sanctions against Hong Kong, these four people were not able to convince the returning officer that they met the legal requirements as stated in Article 104 of the Basic Law. That is, uphold Basic Law and pledge allegiance to the Hong Kong SAR of the People's Republic of China in order to run in the LegCo election as a candidate. And logically, they ought not stay on in LegCo during the extended year, not only because the public loathe their behavior, but also they are indeed not qualified to do so. That was what I responded to the media. To my dismay, for the purpose of securing their seats in LegCo, they blatantly told a lie to the returning officer that they had not supported foreign sanctions against Hong Kong, even attempted to hide all the past evidence of their collusion with foreign politicians. But soon a letter jointly signed by Civic Party members addressed to U.S. congressmen came to light, disclosing undeniable truth about their misconduct. The four people apparently showed no remorse at all, and removing them from the seats in order to make sure that they cannot continue jeopardizing our LegCo as well as our one country, two systems and therefore interests of Hong Kong people makes perfect sense. Hong Kong under one country, two systems, it is our constitutional duty to protect China's sovereignty over the city as well as national security. Those who take oath as members of LegCo if they are allowed to collude with foreign governments or institutions, having done all their unscrupulous work to cause harm to our national interests but are scot-free. Can you imagine the dire consequences? One would recall last year when riots broke out inciting hatred against China, and some even advocated Hong Kong independence in the course of riots. With the help and aid from Pandemocrats' LegCo members, the city almost slided into anarchy. It's time to get Hong Kong back on track.